It's Saturday, February the 20th, and I'm in my apartment evaluating every fucking thing that defines who I am, what I do, and what I bring to the table, my short-term goals, my long-term goals, my puzzle that I have in front of me that have not finished. I'm doing thousand um, puzzle pieces now. Oh my God, so fancy. And some other things and just evaluating a lot of different things. I turned on the YouTube, took a break from my, um, Netflix binging. Um, and B. Simone and Desi Banks, I believe is his, his name, are having a conversation about how the flow of life goes. And I got inspired. I said, Oh, I should record a podcast because I have been off the planet, out of this world, out of this life <laughs> since fucking Thanksgiving. Like I just you know, like checked out. I, I, I need I need separation. I need a break. You feel me? Um, and I've done that. And sadly enough, I still feel the need to have it. 2021, I have no idea how it's going to turn out. But I know the Brandy that all of you who know me that are listening, not to strangers, but the people that have known me, she no longer no longer exists, right? So the one that's I'm turning into uh, is going through some things, some changes. And we're gonna go ahead and get into that on this episode here. Um, more than likely there will be multiple parts. I don't wanna give you guys a three hour like Joe Button, three hour podcast. He need to break that shit up. Like why can't we why do we need to have three hours and forty minutes of a podcast? I don't get it. I never finish. So I don't want to follow in his footsteps there, but it will be pretty long. I know some people, I don't, you know, I actually don't know. I don't know. I don't know fuck what's going on, you know, but there may be people out there that are concerned and don't know what's, what's happening here. And so I'm going to kind of dive into the complexities of my life that have, oh my God, as I'm recording, you hear the dog? Do you guys hear it? Do you hear it? Shut the fuck up. I'm just kidding. I love doggies. Going to get two of them eventually. But anywho, <laughs> this is the introduction, and I will be back for the rest of the remaining parts. Toodaloo, toodaloo, toodaloo. And I am back. Uh, the dog is now semi quiet. I don't hear him outside of the window. So we will proceed accordingly. <laughs> Rapper by name. What you do? Be Scott. Let's go. Just kidding. Um, so before I get into the meat and the seriousness of what this episode is going to provide you. Oh, there we go. See? Okay. Um, let me just let you all know and bless your lives. That Netflix has two movie shows, I don't know what you want to call it, on their platform that you need to watch, okay? I care a lot. Don't, don't, don't even look it up. Just, just, just watch it. All right? Oh, shoot. Come on, go. Okay, we back to this. Well, my, my computer just want to shut off. Come on now. And behind her eyes, you guys, when I tell y'all. I ain't been sleeping for like five days. I get like two hours of sleep a night. I wake up at 2.30 again every morning. For, I don't know why. Anywho, one of the days I woke up, I was like, F it. I'm going into the living room. I'm about to watch Netflix. Just fuck it. Till, till work start, right? 
I put that shit on behind her eyes on Netflix. I was glued. I binge watched that from that 2 a.m. until I had to be in my first meeting, y'all. And when I tell you I was clapping at the end like I didn't see this coming, that twist at the end. Whoo! I just want everybody listening to go ahead and bless your lives with that type of content. And then let's talk about it. I'm trying to hear about what you experienced when that last episode came through and you got to see everything come together. And you're just like, I never knew. What? Ugh, so great. Um, Yeah, I've pretty much cleared a lot of HBO Max, Disney Plus. I got the Netflix going. I got the... Amazon Prime. I don't even, I can't even track of all the streaming services I have, but I know it's less than cable though. I know that much. (laughs) Whatever, whatever's clever, get with me. Uh, We're not doing that. But before we get into the serious part of this, I mean, there's going to be some funny and serious pieces here um, because as most of you know, who know me personally, know that I can't do anything too dramatic or serious is just a lot for me for emotions and feelings I don't do that um I'm gonna try to ease it off with some type of sense of humor okay that's what I do so uh, but there are gonna be serious topics I'm gonna bring up because I don't mind being transparent on this platform um oh excuse me did you hear that <laughs> hopefully you didn't not ladylike but I don't give a fuck no more I don't give a fuck no more Brady 36 is a building and she old as fuck who gives a fuck Bitches, burp, okay, whatever. Next. Um, it's gas in the throat. <laughs> Better there than the other way, okay? Let me go ahead and take another sip and we're gonna get on while I'm sipping here. <sighs> Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oh, my Lord. Pray for me. <laughs> so, yes, um, I do put on a lot with my energy. And I try to make people laugh and feel more comfortable when I bring serious topics up. I don't know how to change that as of yet. Um, so uh, just pre-warning, there are going to be a lot of triggers that may come up in, the, in these podcast segments. Um, I'm forewarning you now. I can't really screen it after this point. Um, but just know that I have a lot to share. And I don't mind being transparent on this platform because it's had, it has helped a number of people um, and their ability to be more transparent and relate to me and see that despite what I show you guys on the outside and what you may have thought that I was on the outside, there's so much going on behind the scenes and the inside. And I still was able to produce. There's still hope for you. I went through the same thing. I dealt with the same thing. I'm going through the same thing. But yet I still show up to the world like this. Not saying that the way I show up is the most healthiest way, but it gives hope to others who have put me on a pedestal or maybe even just thought I would have never been in that predicament. And I was probably more than once. And yet I still was able to fight through it. And so with that, like telling you, but not telling you yet, that's how we going to start it. I gave you the warning, decide what you want to do. You want to listen all the way or you want to pause and take breaks. Whatever's going on in your life, make sure you are ready for the content that I'm about to drop. So without further ado, we'll get into segment one and we will be back too. It's no we, it's me. I will be back too. Okay. okay. <laughs> be back. All right, all right, all right. Um, sorry, Kevin Hart. 
just threw that in here. It was in my mind. I said it. So, first of the first updates. The last time I talked to you all, it was in November. Um, and I think the po- that podcast or the one before, I had a breakdown, like, literally while recording. And kept the edit within the actual episode. Um, <clears throat> so... <laughs> Just to give you guys some insight, because I am not one of those black people like, keep your business to yourself. You don't want everyone knowing about your business. I can give a fuck. Because nothing that you guys know about me is going to deter the path that God has for me. And I have seen that day day in and day out. So obviously, the transparency is going to help me be able to be be better and to help other people grow. And to grow from my own trauma and my own uh, struggles. I hate that that black and if you're not black, listen to this, just understand in our community, there's a lot of, ah, don't tell anybody about your trauma. Keep that in house. Keep that within yourself. Fight through it. Be a black, big, strong black woman or whatever, you know? And it's like, all, all that is, is be getting more, more uh, stress and low key violence and more trauma um, where you repeat the cycles that have been placed on you before. And so I'm okay with being transparent because I don't think anybody that's listening has power over the the success or not nor lack of the uh, success in my life. And I'm doing it because I want you to understand the shoes that I'm walking in, the shoes that I may have walked in, the shoes I plan to walk in, that maybe we can relate in some way and you can actually grow or get something from listening to me here. Um, But I'll go ahead and say it. That November episode was the last time that I was present before I... Right, literally the day after Thanksgiving, I checked myself into a detox and rehabilitation. Well, yeah, rehabilitation. I'm not saying it right. Rehab facility. Um, clearly, um, I'm kind of slurring right now because I have definitely relapsed, uh, which is something they spoke about at ad nauseum there, which is what I wish they did not. Um, but this is a standard. If you don't have a sponsor, I was I was going to AA like every day. And in the last like two weeks, I've kind of been like, fuck it. Um, because I've been, I'm going to get to where, where I am today. Why, I, you know, all that is happening. But I, I searched for help. I seeked out help. And then I was in um, rehab until the end of December. And so I experienced being sober for upwards of 30 days, meeting people from different backgrounds who are all struggling with, addiction. It may have not been alcohol, it may have, may have been other things, but having to be, have a clear mind, bathing regularly, brushing my teeth regularly, coming back into the blossoming of who Brandy was, like, wow. Like, I was just like, this is where I want to be. This is how I can determine what I need to do moving forward. And so I was in that zone um, pretty much right after Thanksgiving and then uh, to the end of December. And then COVID hit the facility. And being that I was like less than an hour away from the facility, I opted to leave because everyone was dropping. Everybody was getting COVID, literally. And I was just like, I already had it in June, but still I'm not feeling comfortable. Um, you having us locked in the room with no TV, no phones. You keep pushing the shit up my nose. I'm good. I'm going to go home, watch movies, and be comfortable in my quarantine. Okay? So I said, go ahead, check me out. Discharge me, honey. Go ahead, discharge me, honey. I'm done. <laughs> we are a wrap. Okay? I'm good. You know what I'm saying? I'm good. I'm good, good, good. 
And um, they just charged me. And then on the way home, like the first half of the drive, I was like, I ain't going to never drink again. I'm good. I'm clean. I'm, I'm ready to move my life forward. My birthday coming up. By the second half of the, the drive, I was like, where that nigga still at? Where Beth Moe at? Where I need, are they having deals today? Oh, they are. Okay, let me go. You know, let me turn this wheel. Uh, one quick second. Let me just see if I can all taste the same as it did before I left. I mean, I'm joking about it, but it's the real shit. I, by the time I got home, I had two bottles of wine on my countertop. I was like, I'm just going to see. I'm just going to observe. You know, I'm just going to see how it feel, how it tastes. And I'm going to be good. I'm, I'm going to make sure I moderate the way I inhale my wine, you know. And, you know, I did that. Felt guilty, of course, as I always do. And what we learned consistently throughout rehab is that we have to look, we have to play it forward. After I drink and I have the short-term bliss that comes with being, and some people for being high, for me being drunk, what happens in the morning and how are my, how are my emotions moving forward? How's my depression? How is my energy? How's my light or lack of light? And even with all of that and everything they've taught us, I still was like, I still want to drink it. I still want to see what is up with it because... Because I have an addiction, um, I have what they call an allergy to alcohol, meaning that the way that I respond to its effects are way more dramatic and way more intense than the average person that can be like, you know, I'm partying on Saturday, I had, I'm hungover the next day, I'm good for a month, I'm good for a week, I'll do it another time. For me, um, pe- and people like me, what I, what I want is that numbness, that portion of the experience to be every day. Um, It's hard for me to live day in and day out, breathing normal life and feel like, well, this life is not the greatest without me being fucking drunk by five o'clock. What the fuck are you doing? I don't know how you doing it, but for me, that drink needs to start pouring at 3 p.m. or I'm gonna have a motherfucking problem. So, you know, it's stuff like that, you know, I'm looking at, and that's something I had to evaluate through our assignments through our serenity prayers, through my AA meetings. Um, I'm literally still in the process of trying to find a sponsor, which is probably why I've relapsed as hard as I have at this point as of today, because I have not been able to lock down a sponsor um, that I feel are, I don't want to say worthy, but I feel connected to enough to, for you to guide me through the journey. I've had two people reach out, three people reach out, all men, which is not, um, supportive of the AA environment or club or whatever. Um, that's one thing. One of them only has six months sobriety. You have, you have to have more than that. And the other one looked like he was on his deathbed. No offense, but he's old. Um, and a white man. And unfortunately, with the way things are and the way things have been the last couple of years, I'm not really big on like having white men or women direct me in any way. Like, I'm just going to be honest with you. Like, if anything, I need y'all to step the fuck out the way so I can do what the fuck I do because I'm, I'm dynamic at what I do when I do it. I don't need your help. Um, and they anger me, you know. Not all of them. Let me just let you know it's not all of them, but the, the presence of who they are and what we've experienced in the last... Definitely 2020 was a shit show. And 
obviously before that we've dealt with a lot of different things i'm good i kind of want a person of color and someone that's had a sobriety for more than five plus years i think ideally it's 10 plus but you know five plus years i'll take it and so i haven't been able to lock that down because of covid covid's a bitch she can get fucked with a sick dick okay get (laughs) herpes forever i don't care fuck her i don't like i don't like covid fuck that bitch i don't like her she's ruining shit left and right for me and anywho because of covid most of the meetings i used to go to in person are like no longer happening i have one down the street they're a bunch of redneck trump supporting bitches because i i used to go in there 2020 you know, before rehab and right after I left rehab, I started to go back again. And this is a lot of people in there that give me, give me them redneck vibes. They give me that Trump vibe. And I was just like, I don't feel comfortable. I'm in here with my mask. Where the fuck is yours? And you looking at me weird. Cause I'm the only one in this motherfucking meeting of 30 people with a mask on. I'm red. I'm uncomfortable. I'm going home. Okay. None of y'all can be my motherfucking sponsor. Cause I don't trust y'all. I don't trust y'all. And I'm going to be a uh, combative. What do they call it? I don't know. So I'm stuck. This dog, you know what? Me and this dog gonna fight. We gonna fight it. We gonna hug it out. I'm kiss him and everything. It's gonna be good. But the dog is having a moment. Can he hear me? Can he hear me? Anywho, what was I talking about? Yeah, I was talking about COVID and finding a sponsor. So um, unfortunately, I relapsed the day I left rehab. Um, and tried to moderate it by only drinking every few days. Um, and they always were like a bottle, a bottle and a half for the most part. Not until this recent week, I would say the last, yeah, last seven days, my wine has started to be more frequent and I'm already at two bottles again. So everything they told me in rehab and what they talk about in AA is absolutely true. I need help and I need that sponsor to run to in times like this. So when I mentioned jokingly in the beginning, like, oh, I'm sipping now. Yes, I started sipping at 12 on the dot because I was trying not to sip before 12. um, Because last night I forgot that I went to Winco and bought two fucking bottles of wine. I was like, I woke up, I was like, huh, I got in my car last night? That's crazy. Well, let's go ahead and open it and let it breathe a little bit. And we'll start it up at 12.01 just to be safe, you know. Um, That's my life right now when it comes to the alcohol intake. And it's definitely saddening. Um, There's a number of other things that are like saddening for me at this point. Um, I think at this age that I'm having a midlife. You know, I looked at midlife crisis last night. It doesn't really fit where I'm at. Um, But I can understand how it can be correlated with my experiences recently and my desires. Um, Also, (laughs) I noticed how much I was fucking acting in fake with most of my life um, before reaching this point. Um, The authentic, true Brandy. I got to find who she is. Um, Majority of the time I'm around people, period. I put on an act. That includes my family on down. I've had put on an act so everyone else feel comfortable, feels comfortable and wants me around. The Brandy that who she is and truly supposed to be, I don't know what she look like. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if she look like that. 
and the anxiety and the Capricorn and type A in me is like, no, no, I want people to like me and accept me and desire to be around me, blah, blah, blah. What if the, the true ready is one people don't want to be around? You know, we all, we all had those people that seem to be just fucking miserable. Like, just kill yourself now, bitch. Do it now or tomorrow. I don't care, but you're just miserable. Bye. You know, maybe that's just me. I'm a little more cold in the heart than other people. But um, I don't want to be that person. I'm someone that, like, even go, like when I go on my solo trips, I be making friends for days, bitch. I be making friends for days. I think low-key, my solo trip, where I, the most recent one when I was in um, Cabo, Gekku. I think it was Cabo. And that Russian dude was talking mad shit to that Mexican dude. I stood up for the Mexican dude and was, like, bucking up at the Russian dude. And the Russian dude wanted to try to spit game at me. He could have been a part of the Russian mafia. And I was still like, bitch, I don't give a fuck. Don't talk to him like that. You fucking ridiculous. I don't care if you like what I look like. You know, I was doing too much. Um, because I was by myself. <laughs> it was three in the morning in the resort. And nobody was around but me and him. And the Mexican dude had went to go do his job. So, yeah, I just be thinking about that. Like, I be, I, you know. <sighs> I got, I've gotten out of a lot of stuff because of my personality and the way that I am. Uh, this sounds very like, uh, airy, like charismatic and charming to people because I studied it. I literally studied it since middle school, how to get people to like you, accept you and want to be around you. And I embodied what I learned from 12, 11, 12 to present day. I don't know how to be somebody else that is authentically her. And people may not like your ass. People may want to fight your ass. I'm like, bring that shit on. I wake up, ask you violence every day, B. Every day, B. What up? Let's go. What's good? What's good? You know? Sorry, my neighbors are probably like, this bitch is a Tourette's as a motherfucker. Because when I be drinking at night, y'all, let me sign out real quick. When I be drinking at night, y'all, I be having my own concert. I be Beyonce in this bitch. I be waking up with my earphones. On my ears, my my Bluetooth uh, uh, apartment speaker didn't go go blast and going out. I'm like, oh, I was in here having a whole party at two in the morning. <laughs> There's never a note on my door though. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, y'all, you know what I'm saying. So having to go to rehab, experience that, being around a lot of addicts and understanding that I am officially an addict. I've always known I was an addict, but I'm now officially in my medical records an addict and understanding that I connect with a heroin addict, a meth addict, a crack addict, <laughs> another alcoholic, like all the pill, like a pill, alcoholic, a pill addict. Like we all had different addictions, but we all were the same. And to understand that that was who I was after trying to avoid it, do y'all know, before I start, my first drink when I was 19 in the dorms of Santa Barbara, <laughs> UC Santa Barbara. I didn't drink before that. I despise alcoholics and people who can hold their liquor or hold their tongue or their, you know, their poise around me because they're drinking. I was like, oh, you're such a loser. Oh, my God. Do better in life. Oh, my God. This is a this is horrible. Not amazing. This is horrible. How dare you come in my presence and be drunk, you imbecile? Oh, you know I would do all of that, and now I'm sitting here on my couch day in and day out doing the same shit. Like, don't ever judge nobody. Don't ever judge a book by its cover. Don't ever think you better than somebody else. You don't know what the fuck they're going through. Man, everyone's story in that rehab 
brought me to tears. There's people there that went through so many different things. And quite honestly, and this is one of the things I struggled with in the therapy center, um, rehab, rehab center, what I, it was therapy, detox, rehab, it had everything in there. Yo, side note real quick. There's a lot of people in there on fentanyl and that's a lot of the, um, what do you call them? Gen Z's people that are in there, you know, graduating from high school, 20, early twenties, they were all in there for overdosing on fentanyl and the, the side effects are crazy. Anywho, that blew me. Okay. Anywho, but just being able to sit around and see, like, I am related to you guys in more ways than one. And in the end of the day, in, in our sharing of our assignments, people had to, they got to know me, right? And I'm, I'm one of the most blessed people that was sitting in that room, if not the most blessed. And when I say blessed, I mean like, I have two parents that still love me and are supporting me through this experience. I have friends and family, period. I have a apartment to go to and I'm paying for while I'm in here and I'm going to pay for it when I leave without a problem. I don't have any kids or mortgages that I'm struggling for. Um, uh, I have a good job, a job that all the motherfuckers, once they found out where I worked, which is another thing that I wish there was a way I could hide it more, but you have to become so vulnerable in that rehab space that after a while it just comes out because of the type of work that people do. And when they found out, it was just like, oh my God, I would love it. And I was like, no, 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 that's not going to be, that's not going to be it for you. You know, and people are looking at me like, you have all of this, you got all of this. You ain't got to worry about no crying ass kids. You ain't got to worry about a stupid ass baby daddy or husband or whatever, you ain't got to do this or that. And you in here, I'm, and that's one of my speeches, or speeches, uh, I don't know, talk, not talks. Um, we always had a lot of therapy discussions. There we go. It's not speeches, it's not talks, it's not presentations, none of that. But there's points where you talk about your experience. And it made me insecure in that space because I was like, you're right. I have all this stuff to be happy for that I've worked hard for. Why the fuck am I in here? What happened to me? (laughs) You know, wow, I shouldn't be here. I should be doing better. I should be appreciative of everything I've got for me. I shouldn't need any kind of additives to make me feel better about myself. Brandy, you a fucking loser. These people had fucking good, good ass excuses. What's wrong with you? You know, I was going through that. And I had a couple of good friends in there that we had candid conversation offline, as we say at work, offline, (laughs) not in a meeting where I I expressed this to them. I was like, I don't want to do my 30 day coin. Thank you guys. This is my story. It's a whole thing that we do. And I was like, I, when that time comes, I'm not going to do it because I feel like people look at me like you have everything I wish I could have getting paid what I wish I can get paid. And you and you in here, and I'm supposed to so celebrate you, and you about to go back into wealthy, like you know what I mean? Like you about to go back into a world that I wish I would fight and kill for. And so I felt a certain way about that, and I was like, again, something where I felt ostracized for my good work, my hustle, my drive, um, and then having good people in there that was able to let me know, like despite all that, we still ended up in this motherfucker. And I was like, you're absolutely right. Despite all of those differences and the thing that you think is so good for my world, I still ended up here sitting right next to you. 
So is is my world that great? <laughs> no. Not when it comes from a broken place such as myself where I didn't fight for it for me. I fought for it because other people wanted to see me in that environment to prove the point that they deserve that I deserved it and that their uh predictions were correct. But little did they know, every goal that you throw at me or challenge me with, I always succeed. I always ace it because I want to prove you wrong and let you know that I'm superwoman. That's the fucking problem with a lot of us, us women and definitely our black women. And I'm still struggling with that disease today. Okay. Okay. All right. We're going to pause here and I have quite a number of other updates to give you guys. So I'll be back in a snooch. (laughs) Be back. And I'm back, y'all. Yeah, so at the end of rehab, one of the main things that I learned about myself is that I am officially an addict. (laughs) My record shows it now. My medical record definitely places that there. Um, Binge eating is also an addiction. Um, I put on a good 35, 40 pounds from 2020 to where we are today. Real shit. Um... (laughs) And partly because not only the alcoholic drinking that I was, the alcohol drinking that I was doing before I left, but when I was in rehab, a lot of people come in there and they are malnutritioned. They are thinner than they should be, um, sunken in face and all that good jazz. And so they, they, I'm talking buffet style meals three times a day with unlimited snacks. When I tell y'all by the time I left there, I looked in the mirror, it's like, I can't fit nothing. In my motherfucking closet. My titties is a cup size bigger. My legs are fucking trees. Okay. My back has rolls for days. What is happening? And I have no desire to work out. Okay. I have no desire. <laughs> so that happened. Um, and so I've been trying to get back on my good foot with my workout routine that I used to be like a beast mode with. I can give a fuck. I literally can give a fuck about working out. Ah, we'll get to that realization in a moment. And then lastly, I definitely, or two things lastly, will be um, I definitely, my carpal tunnel and my, both of my hands have gone full blazing numbness. Like I literally have to wear a splint every day for most of 24 hours in a day. Like it's rare that I have them off. That's how much my hands and my forearms are getting numb. So I had to deal with that issue. And that happened while I was away. Um, I also decided bariatric surgery may be for me. <laughs> I know how to push it in the gym, but I don't have the energy at this moment. And I need at least 100 pounds off this body. Okay, minimum. Okay, I'm just kidding. That's where, I, that's the max. 100 is the max. If I do anything more than 100, I'm going to look like a crack at it. But I want to lose a lot of weight. And Kaiser has already proved me twice for bariatric surgery. Um, and so I'm going through the motions with them right now. Count, there's counseling, um, there's evals, there's other stuff that they're doing. And, and since everything's digital, for the most part, I have to do it online. And, t- and it's like a nine-month process or seven. It's seven or nine-month process before you actually are on the, the cutting table, you know, the floor there where they're actually having the surgery. Um, I decided, you know what, I was been looking into this for the last few years and been making workout be my priority in life, but I'm like, I'm over it. You know, after you hit, 
after you're after 35, you're like, I don't have any more energy. I don't have it. And the sad thing about it, one of the things I really, really um, looked at with my rehab visit and afterwards was looking at all my addictions. I've never been addicted to just one thing. It's been multiple things and they've all been reoccurring depending on what's going on in the season in my life. And one of the things I am addicted to is attention and validation from others. And so the way I worked out prior to rehab or prior to 2020, I should say, um, was because I wanted men to validate and appreciate me and desire me. There was a point in my life when I was this, I was actually, I'm the biggest I've ever been at this moment right now. But there, at my biggest size before this, it felt like men looked at me disgustingly and like I wasn't desired and they had nothing but jokes to do and they want everybody with the long hair and the skinny waist or the light-skinned girls, whatever, whatever have you, you know? So I made it one of my missions, not only be the smartest person in the room and like to kill it when it comes to grades and career, but also to work my ass off in the gym so that finally those dudes that would normally make fun of me and not choose me would choose me. And I got that. And what I got was bullshit. I got fit for my size, that what fit looked like, you know, and if you guys followed me on social media when I was there, I got a lot of attention in that way, but not the attention that I actually desired and really truly needed and wanted, which means someone that really is gonna value me for me and be like, I wanna wife you, I want you to be my girl, whatever. No, they wanted to fuck, okay? That's what they want, they wanted to fuck. You know what I mean? At the gym, they're still gawking. I'm like, I need for you to do something with your life. Anywho. um, And so one of the addictions that I definitely let go of, one that picked up again was binge eating. One I let go of was the gym. When I tell you I'm exhausted from the amount of workouts that I was doing just to stay 200 pounds consistently, to stay at two, I can never get under two, 205. I was just right there, right there, right there. And I was just like, even though my body didn't show it, like when I put on clothes and I really show up and show out, I'm guessing men would probably would have thought I was like 180, 170, whatever. That's, that's good to me. You know, um, I wish I was 200 pounds right now. I wish, okay? I pray to the gods. And that's, I'm not, I got a lot of work to do, okay? I got a lot of work to do. And just to see that I did all that exhaustion or exhausting um, workouts and planning, two-a-days, three-a-days, paying all this money, just so men and people can validate me and, I'm, and I not be one of the fat girls. Where has it gotten me? I'm lonely sitting in my apartment right now by my fucking self watching YouTube, Netflix, and Amazon Prime all together about to get on my work laptop and do work because I'm, I'm lonely as fuck. You know what I mean? Like, what did it get? What did what did I gain from doing that? Yes, greater health, feeling better, more energized. But I didn't appreciate the experience. So now I have literally zero percent energy to get my ass up and just walk to the park and walk back. When I tell you, I can't even get up and put my new workout shoes on, go to the park and walk back and just be like, I did something. I had a little bit of sweat. Let's go. Do y'all know? I used to use burpees. Like, I, oh my God, boxing class, like all the shit I used to do. And when I really sat down with it in rehab, doing my assignments and really reflecting on a, on a sober, clear mind, that was all for somebody else. Huh. Blows my fucking mind. That's been that way for, <laughs> from 12 to, to fucking 35 years old. I went ham because the ultimate 
underlining reason I was in that gym or signing up for that membership or doing this or that was because I wanted to prove men wrong in a certain way, but also wanted their fucking attention and validation. Fuck them. And then when I say fuck them, it's like, hey, we'll do it for you. And it's just like, you know, this movie is looking real nice. What is this called? I care a lot. Let me go ahead and push play. You know what? A nap sounds great. It sounds fabulous. Let's get into it. Literally, that is what has been going on on my side of the house. So it's clear to say that at this phase or stage in my life, there's so many reflections and realizations that are happening that are overwhelming um, to the point where I couldn't stay sober. Um, not saying that I, that's still not what the fight is for. I still want to be sober, um, but I guess not hard enough um, because things are just so hard right now where I'm just like, you want me to be alone in my apartment, not have a hobby or like fun activity to do that that COVID hasn't ruined, um, be sober, not have a companion, lonely as fuck. Like it's just all this shit. And I'm just like, why the fuck would I just be ingrained in that? I'm going to go ahead and drink my drink because it makes it easier to deal with. Fuck it, whatever, you know? And I know I'm killing myself slowly. It's a poison. I'm literally drinking poison almost every day. And because I have the allergy to alcohol, um, and as an addict, which I do claim, because I am and I always have been, I've always could feel it. That's why I knew never to try the fucking Adderall and the Coke and something else I want to try, meth. And there was something else at Santa Barbara that people tried to, hey, you want to try this? And I was like, nah. I always used to be like, nah. My drug of choice always and forever will be alcohol. And I was so proud about that because I was like, it's only alcohol. I can get it. You got to go go to your weed, you know, your man's to get it. I got my shit right here. But lo and behold, alcohol is the dead, most deadliest drug of them all. Anywho. Um, but it's, it's been a ride and it's still a ride. Um, so I'm not, I'm not over with it yet. And there's a reason why some of you guys have not seen me. And I'm going to get into that in just a moment. Yes, and the moment has arrived, but real quick, you guys, I know I do a lot of side notes on this. It is 5.30 on a Saturday, and it just brought back (laughs) memories of when I would be like, oh, it's early. Pre-party starts at 8. Fucking, we about to be at the other party, pre-party by 9.30, be at the club by 9.30, like 10 o'clock, turn up on them hoes. You know, I remember the young days. Oh, my gosh. Now I'm looking at 5.30 like, yeah, girl, in three hours, I'm about to be in the bed. The 5.30, shit, 8.30, I'm about to be going ahead and crash, honey. <sighs> the old days are here. But um, in all seriousness, why have I been MIA and not really let those that love me and have been supporting me in or seeing them Um one of the side effects of coming out of rehab and like reflecting on things in a clear way before I started drinking for the day, which sucks, but I've gotten a lot of reflection on how much my voice is my own, how much my care is my own, and being able to look at myself and say, I'm not all the way okay right now. 
And so if I get around people that have known me for years and I'm not the brandy they're used to, how will they respond? I'm not saying I'll be a negative Nancy or a bitch or anything like that, but I may not be as responsive or supportive or caring or loving as I used to be because more than half the time when I did that, it was because I knew it was the right thing to do, not because I truly wanted to do it. I don't know if you guys understand what I mean by that. And so the fear within me is like, I don't want to damage those relationships. Um, I would say further, they probably like never damaged, but I don't want to damage those relationships until I'm ready to be around people and be completely honest with them about where I am. I am today and the boundaries that I have moving forward. Cause certain things are very raw in my head and that's the Capricorn type A that I am and being in this fuck it mode. Um, there's a lot of things that can come out of my mouth that can be hurtful or be like, Oh, Brandy, I never, I never would have thought you would say something like that. And it's like, I know, but this is who I really truly, or this this is how I really feel. Oh my God, you hate me. You know? And then one of those situations can trigger a severe relapse. Right now, I'm not as severe. I'm just moderately drinking um, in my my own defense. Uh, but I'm not where I was before I went to rehab. That's why I say moderately. Before rehab, I needed alcohol to function. If I didn't get a drink at 8 in the morning, don't talk to me. What the fuck? Like, get out the fuck, get out the way, you know? But now it's like, okay, after five. And today I struggle with 1201. It is what it is. And so I can see how my relapse is starting to really push to my old ways, which I'm a little nervous about. Not a little, a lot nervous about, because this is hard. Um, but that's why I've been MIA and not really reaching out to all the folks who have been checking on me since I left, since I was in my bad place as of November and me avoiding people and not responding to texts, calls, emails, whatever, it's because I'm not sure how to respond. And and also with that, I don't want to explain my situation over and over and over and over again because it's traumatic for me. It's heavy for me. It's something that I'm, I'm adjusting to because I never thought I would be in, these, in this position. I put myself in this pedestal mentally that I've always did everything right and for the right reason. And I've always fought to be a model citizen and a mentor to people like all this shit all this flawed ass shit and to for me to be in this position now and have people understand that I actually had to break down and be like well you know I almost was on a verge I had suicidal tendencies and thoughts fucking shit drinking all day every day turn up bitch doing reckless shit could have got a DUI that was the other thing in um in rehab I think it was me and like one other person that never had a DUI. Everybody else had at least four, <laughs> four to five. Okay. Like they were like, you, you don't have one. I was like, I was almost there. <laughs> I was almost there. Uh, but luckily I live in an area in Moreno Valley um, where the cops are not really circulating or giving a fuck about this area. So you can drive drunk all you want over here. They don't give a fuck about us over here. Um, <laughs> so I think that's why I've gotten away with all my drunk driving um, for the last three years that I've been here, which is not okay, actually. Even if I am just going across the street, it's not okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's been my I, my holdout. Is like I gotta now invite people into my world, my circle, my circle of my mind, and be support. Like not only them hear my 
plight and where I'm at today, but I got to hear theirs and I got to be supportive of their things. I got to be understanding and all this stuff. And I'm like, my cup is still empty. It ain't full. It ain't full. So if if I hit out and I, and, um, uh, one of my other friends, she mentioned this week, she was like, Miss Popular. And I was like, no, not, not at all. But on a more serious, calculated note, I have a lot of people that reached out to me, fuck, who now lives are connected to me. And when I do reach out and say, hey, I'm ready to talk, I'm ready to hang out, what's going on with you? Not only do I have to look at my own life and my cup and then take in there, because I'm an empath at heart. You give me something traumatic in your life, it's going to wear on me. It's now added to my bucket of sorrows. You know what I mean? And so... I haven't really mastered how to separate that shit, especially if I care for you and I've known you for a long time and I want to see you do great. I don't know how to not care or separate it. Be like, well, that's your business. Figure out what you want to do. Call me when you figure it out. I'm in it with you. And so I'm, I'm kind of running scared low key, like for a number of people, um, Cause if you, everything in your life ain't great right now, which it ain't, cause life is life, and it's fucking 2021 after 2020. Okay, get crazy ass here. I know everybody like got some type of trauma going on, and so I honestly don't. I don't know if I have the energy, the wherewithal, and the compassion to support and care for the ones I love. I I don't know if I can take it. And that's scary for me because if I can't take it, what does that mean next? If I can't take it, how do I get out of this rut of emotions? I live alone by myself. I'm drinking. I'm trying to figure out life. The standard story for someone that, you know, one day may be like, fuck it. And I don't want that to be the end end all be all for me. Because I'm not going to sit here and lie to you guys and say, I've never thought about that. Shit, I think about that all the time. But I feel like there's too many people that depend on me. And God would be disappointed. I don't want to get to the pearly gates. And he'd be like, really, Brandy, I have so much planned for you. That hurdle, that hump, that heel was for you. Because you were going to get over it and you're going to be called oh, the dynamic person that I had set out for you to be. You couldn't see it. And you're, you, you allowed yourself to be weak enough to take your own. So because of that, I got to let you go. You know, I'm like, I be, I think about that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like, ah. and so in, instead of like dealing with it head on and be like, okay, everyone back. How's everything going? Cause I don't, I want, I definitely don't want it all about me. You know, um, I'm scared to hear what is going on in people's lives and it's weighing on me in my subconscious, in my dreams. I'm back to waking up at two 30 every night. Uh, for no fucking reason. Um, so I had a little bit of a breakdown last week because I'm like, oh my gosh, this shit's happening again. <laughs> and my dreams are clearly stating what's bothering me. And yet I still don't face them. This is this is a mess. What do we do? Oh, uh, you know, oh, drink some wine. Okay, we'll do that. All right, great. Take two Benadryls, maybe three. Okay. Take some melatonin. Take two and have one. Okay. You know, and how, how long is that shit going to last? You know what I mean? So, um, I just want to make sure that the people that are listening in, in my life know, 
Um, and I love them dearly, but I'm literally going through a phase, a stage, a transition, a season. I can't even explain it to you wholeheartedly. I'm trying to slowly acclimate myself back into society. Um, but unfortunately, I have relapsed. That's also something I am ashamed of. So I don't want people like, oh, you're in rehab and detox. So you've been sober for, what, two months now? No, man, I, I, I'm drinking again. <laughs> this shit ain't easy. It's a long motherfucking road for me to be sober. Shit. So like, having to talk through that, like, I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to keep to myself, stay on Do Not Disturb, and get to them when I get to them. Ugh, what? And so one of the main things I did um, when I got back from rehab before I start really, like, getting into drinking almost every night at this point um, was looking at what this year is going to mean for me. And the main part that I got from everything that I learned in my assignments my Kaiser outpatient assignments, rehab assignments was like, what is my self-worth? If I fight for what my self-worth is, then I may have the wherewithal to put the drink down, to fight for something joyful for me, something that's going to bring value to me in a way that I never thought possible. I've never had my self-worth identified by me. It's always been identified by those counterparts, those external members and when I say external, I mean everybody that's not me. I needed approval of my parents, my sisters, my, my teachers, you know, my friends. Like, everybody else needs to accommodate and validate me in some way. Even when I did things that I knew were great from, for me, I never praised myself. I was like, wait until someone tells you you look great. Wait until someone says that award was awesome. Then you can validate it for yourself internally. Wait, wait, wait. And it's just like, yikes. If I keep doing that, this is, I'm never going to get free, you know? And so that's, that's a huge thing for me. It's a huge, huge thing. And so what does 2021 look like for me at this point moving forward? Let's get into it. I'll let you guys know what my thoughts are. Here we go. Twenty twenty one, we are here. Um, there are a few things that are hitting my soul. Literally, every time I go to bed and wake up, my dreams are filled with this. Um, so these are the top two things that are hitting me this year. Um, one is to quit my job, the job that everyone's like, "Oh my God, I would love it there. It's so great. I can't believe. Help me get." Yes, great company to work for. Love them dearly. They have treated me and blessed me well. There are a few things that I do wish they would do better at, but overall, I would recommend them for work 100%. My transition from them is not a reflection of them. So that's one thing. So I'm reading a book called Betty Smith. Um, she was on The Breakfast Club. And um, it's called Bevelations, Lessons from a Mother, an Auntie, and a Bestie. And pretty much she kind of marks out her path from corporate America to doing her own thing creativity. Creativity? No, create. You know what? Whatever. Creative. She became a creative from her corporate America environment and was still able to be successful. Um, And so that is literally something that has been writing... (laughs) my jugular okay since the beginning of 
well, actually, it really, really started in 2017, to be honest with you all. Um, But in the last 2020 to present, it's been like blazing in my face, like walk away. Um, But the unfortunate thing is that this this job that I work for is very, very good um, as far as resources, pay, advancements. Um, Once you get in there and people know you, you can walk into different positions um, nicely. You do have to interview and stuff like that, but it's who you know, you know, and your work speaks for itself and mine does too. And so it's hard for me to have elevated myself to a reputation with a company this large and just to be like, you know what, deuces, it's not for me. I don't want it. Don't give me a corner office. Don't give me that position. I'm good. I'll figure it out. I'm going to go broke, but I'll figure it out, you know. But that is literally where I'm at as far as really reflecting on that corporate is America has never been for me. It was the the model agenda from somebody else to me. And I knocked it out the park because I wanted to please people. I'm a people pleaser, which is an addiction that I'm also working on. And I've been, I feel like I've been making strides, uh, but there's still work to be done. Um, and so people put that on my my radar early on in life and I just took it and ran with it. And I become very, very successful at operating in a corporate American um, environment. And I can succeed in any one of those. I don't, they don't threaten me. They don't intimidate me. They are where my bread and butter is. Um, I know how to code switch. And that's the other thing. Let me get on that real quick. So one of the other reasons why um, I really felt the need to walk away from corporate America, because even though I'm a very... I would say I'm a militant black woman for the most part. I choose violence every morning. If someone wants to bring that to my doorstep, let's fucking go. Because you can listen to my other previous episodes where I've talked about the weapons that I have and I've added more, but we don't have time today to get through that. Okay? Anywho, um, there's a way that I switch on and off when I'm at work so people can know that I'm okay. I'm having literally a mental breakdown, but you will never know because I am on a call. I'm on a Zoom, and I have to facilitate this motherfucking meeting. You know what I mean? I'm good. I'm not really good, but at least they won't know for sure. Okay? Um, But you know what? Like, it's one of those things where... I'm tired of co-switching and dancing for the white men. And there's nothing but white men in power around me. And with everything that went on, especially the last two years, 2019 and 2020, I feel a certain type of way. I ain't gonna hold you. I do feel a certain type of way. But it is what it is. Um, I cannot... I am myself at work. I've kind of let go of the professional label. For the most part, when I give presentations or facilitating meetings or just talking in a discussion... I let my, I just be me. I'm me. <laughs> the way you hear me now is how I be, okay? Except for the cussing. Because I stopped giving a fuck. <laughs> I stopped giving a fuck. But at the same time, there's other means where I'm like, yes. And we'll have those um, plans for you by end of week. Would you be able to do this? You know, switching it on and off, and I'm tired. I'm exhausted. <laughs> and the fact that, again, I am the only black woman in my organization my immediate organization for the last seven years. There's been a couple of other black people that came, but they left. I've been the last one and only one standing for seven going on eight years. Fuck you mean. This is some work that needs to be done. And I spoke up about that too. People know how I feel about it. 
I can I only have so much power because I'm not an engineer and I work for an engineering organization. But still, I'm just like we there's not any more people of color. Like I'm the only one. And with me being the only one, so some of y'all out there may know what I'm about to get into at this point. Because I was the only one from jump when I first started. And looking at the drama, there were some things I dealt with when I first got there with some white counterparts that I've never told anybody because I'm a black woman in America and I know how this shit going to play out. And I just got my opportunity. I'm landing it and I'm going to beast it the fuck out. You're not going to ruin my shit. I don't give a fuck what your experiences was with the last black woman. You got the right one today. So let me go ahead and show you how this one works. So that's what I did from the 2013 to present. I've been a master of being superwoman and dominating this organization from head to toe. You can't find shit out without me. I did that shit not on purpose. It just it happened because they were pouring a lot on me. And I, that's a whole different podcast for another day when I don't work there no more. But I feel like people were trying to break me down and put pile a lot on me. To the point where I would quit or get fired because I couldn't keep up. But that literally they know, you can keep piling on me. I got this shit. Give me something else. And I mastered it and I make it better. And they, they was fooled. Do you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? So that's a whole other story for another fucking day. Um, because I have, I have facts. I have receipts for that shit. Um, <laughs> what? But because of that, now we're in 2020. I was going to say 2020, 2021. And every time there's something that comes up within my organization, Brandy, 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 Brandy. So now I'm the beast that knows how to do and find everything and solve every problem. And I'm at a point where I don't give a fuck about that shit. Don't call me. Figure it out yourself. You are people that have degrees just like me. You're making six figures just like me. Why don't you figure it out yourself? You know, but because I'm the overachieving black woman, I I am in taking, I have second nature to like run full speed ahead to solve every problem. So they know that I belong there, that I have, I've been granted this position for a reason. And I have to prove myself day in and day out with every fucking problem that hits my email or hits my phone. I'm, I'm tired. (laughs) I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Burnout was part of the reason I left when I went to rehab. It wasn't just rehab. I was burnt the fuck out. If I stayed, I would have cussed everybody out on one call, got fired the next day, and would have threw everything away that I worked for. So I decided to make it a stress leave, go to rehab, do my shit. I come back. A month in, I'm back to where I was when I left. So for 2021, my heart... My soul, everything says I got to leave. So right now, I am literally planning my finances, my living situation. What does that look like? (laughs) I've been constantly looking at the home, like buying a home for the last three years. And literally every time I crunch fucking numbers, I'm going to be living fucking check to check in California. It's not an investment for me. It's another debt experience. I already have six figures of debt with with school. Why would I add a home and then not be... A, like, I'm not trying to brag or be like, really like, oh, blah, blah, blah. 
But today, I was on here doing legal Zoom work for my parents and doing some other shit, my annual credit report, whatever, looking through some of those things. And I went out to Wells Fargo, and I was like, oh, my God, I got paid? I didn't even know. Yes, yes, bitch. Ah. Like, I like that shit. I like not knowing, oh, I got paid, and all my bills are paid on auto debit, and my credit score is 805 or 804 or whatever. I like that shit. If I get a home, all that shit go away. Now I'm, I'm check to check. I got to get a second job. I'm stressed the fuck out. I'm depressed as a motherfucker. Like, I'm like, what does a home buying experience do for me as a single black woman? And I don't have no prospects on the books. The only thing I could do is probably, I don't know if there's an account where I can be like, Africans coming to fucking America, Italians, uh, Europeans, whoever, that need a green card. And we marry so that you can get your shit. But you bringing in income so we can share this fucking load. I ain't about to do all that shit that people be doing. Mm-mm. I'm not going to do all that. That's crazy. I thought about that today, though. I did think about when I was looking at the home buying stuff and looking at homes. And I was like, I would like to have a home. But I don't want to home with no stranger, somebody I don't even like or love or know. Why would I do that? And I like being able, like, the last, this weekend and President's Day weekend, um, I was planning on just getting up and just going somewhere, getting on a flight, same day. I don't give a fuck. Going to Mexico, going to Europe, going to wherever I want to go, another part of the States, Canada, I don't know. And be able to look at prices and be like, oh, I should book this and this room and this suite and let's go. Let's do it, B. And not have to worry about what my account looks like. If I get a home, it's back to like scratching penny for penny just so I can be in a home per the American dream. And no offense to you guys that have homes, but a lot of y'all that have homes have help. I would have nobody but my one salary or I have to get another motherfucking job. And I don't want another job. I tried that a couple of years ago uh, with a number of things and it didn't work out because God was like, that's not what I have for you. That's what I, that's the excuse I put on the books. God was like, that's not what I have for you, you know? So 2020, um, or okay, 2021 is going to be about me planning on separating from my job uh, more than likely by the time my lease ends, if not by the end of the year, um, I think for my own mental and emotional health, I probably have to walk away and just figure it out after I walk away. And then also figuring out my living situation, buy a home or not buy a home. If I can't buy a home without a job, it's like a lot of stuff, you know what I'm saying? Stay in this apartment, leave the apartment, I don't know. Um, but those are my top two things um, I'm trying to figure out. And then the bariatric surgery, which would be at the end of the year if I get approved from everything. Um, had a counseling session. You have to do counseling up until the surgery. Um, and we kind of went deep into a lot of stuff of my life. And I was just like, yikes. When I hung up, I was like, give me a shot of something. Good Lord. You know. Um, so that's what's on the horizon. Right now, I'm just trying to figure out my life, figure out how to be sustainable here in this new um, area that I'm at mentally and emotionally. Um, I want to be supportive and loving to those that love and support me, but figuring out the best way to do that with this new brandy that is arising. I'm not used to her. I don't know her. I'm trying to figure her out and also let go of my old, um, traits that have kept me, um, behind. Um, and so I'm just trying to figure out what's my, define and find my self-worth, love myself completely. Um, pick and choose, you know, the people that I want in my circle. If you're not in that immediate circle, you'll be an acquaintance or not a part of my life. 
because um, at this point, I don't need extra weight. I don't need extra people around here just to be here. You know what I'm saying? Sign up to the podcast. Sign on one. Subscribe. Do what you got to do. You know. Um, and just figuring out what life looks like moving forward. Because I am four years officially from 40. I know you're not supposed to think like that. Oh, my God. But I'm about numbers. I'm about facts. I am four years from 40. And um, things are not anywhere close to what I thought they would be at this point. And so I am at an end. I'm at an odds end here where I'm trying to figure out how to survive and still be happy. Um, but these are my thoughts. Um, just want to, I felt inspired by B. Simone and Desi Banks on this YouTube um, video that they just posted today, Saturday, and felt the need to go ahead and give updates here because it'll be easier too than calling all the people in my um my phone book and phone list um but also allows me to go ahead and vent out things that I want to talk about I'm very transparent and open book I'm here to learn and grow from others so if you have any advice or information or direction or someone that you can route me to that can help mentor me through this experience I would love it I would truly love it I'm praying every day but you know how God works. God be silent sometimes. You be like, God, God, <laughs> God, how loud do I need to be God? And he be quiet. You know what I'm saying? He be like, Lord, I'm, I'm breaking down over here. Like I'm literally, Lord, God, where you at? <laughs> so sometimes he move a little slower, you know, than what we want. You know, it's not about what we want, though. It's about what he wants. I understand it's his time. But sometimes you need something immediately. To help you do some of these challenging times. And so that's what I'm looking for. But I'm still praying to you, Lord. I will never not pray to you. Okay? You are always the first and foremost. Okay? I just have to point out to him and let him know he is always number one. But I do look for additional help. That's why the resources out there in the world. Um, if you know of anybody or if you are one person that has been through this, please go ahead and hit me up. 909-226-8247. I am a texter, not a caller. Please go ahead and leave a text. Let me know what's up. And I shall talk to you all later.